0: Welcome to the Joe Watt Podcast. I am Joe Vendramini from the University of Florida Research and Education Center. And today our guest is Mr. Cliff Coddington from the Longino Ranch. Cliff, thanks for being with us.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Cliff, can you provide us some information about your background for us?
1: Um, Probably just to start out, I grew up on a small family cattle ranch. Um, we are, I'm a sixth generation. My kids are seventh of Manatee County, Florida. Um, I went through high school, got very involved in FFA and showing cattle. And I think when I was uh, about 14, my grandfather gave me about 15 head of heifers. And that was, that started me. Um, went through high school and uh, went to the community college for a while and then ended up, uh, in the, early 80s going to work for Shorter Manatee Ranch, which is SMR Farms, and then in 2015 I came to, no, 2005 I came to Longino Ranch and uh, as Buster Longino was retiring.
0: And and Cliff, uh, one thing that is really interesting about this ranch that when we visit we see is the importance and management of the rangelands that you have here. So can you please describe to us, because most people in Florida or people that are not really related to agriculture, they think the cattle stay on pasture. They see cattle, they see pasture, and think that is the natural. But one thing that is really interesting here in Florida, and most people don't know, is that we have a lot of rangelands, and it requires management as much as pasture. So um, I would like you to please tell us a little bit about the importance and describe your rangelands here and and also tell us about the importance of these rangelands in your cattle operation.
1: Okay starting out probably the, the ranch is a, a little unique but not for all Florida ranches but we are in a conservation easement so we can't go in and improve our native lands anymore but we can manage what's here. Uh, uh, the first easement kind of came in in 2001 and then in 2010 the whole ranch was completely in a conservation easement uh, you know as grazing those lands and management of those lands you know cattle is an important tool to managing them uh, we have to keep some cattle on them uh, which lowers the forge deal for control burning where we're not having to put so much smoke in the air and um but at the same time we are in the timber business and we're also in the Gopher Tortoise relocation site. Um, Managing those grounds, um, we are trying to lower woody vegetation and get more varieties of grasses, which is good for cattle and the uh, uh, wildlife. I would say probably um, what really started early Early on when I came to work here in 2005, we went in with NRCS and put some satellite collars on cows. And we would put, say, 100 head of cows in a block that was, you know, 50 cows, you know, about 50 acres per cow. And um, they would about starve, you know. And so with those collars it showed us areas where the cows grazed and where they didn't even go in so it made us really look at those areas of why cattle wasn't using them um, and, and if they did use them it would just be for a short time right after a burn and then they'd quit going in so uh, looking at that with an overlay on a map um, we picked those areas out so we started roller chopping which increased increased the vegetation, the grass vegetation, the forages, but it decreased all of your palmettos and the myrtles and cabbage palms and stuff like that was coming up in there. So, and then, again, we did a satellite overlay of grazing and we changed the cattle's grazing habits. Um, So, since that, that's been a continued tool to use is burning, roller chopping, and, burn, 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 and it kind of seems like the more that we do burn, the more frequent we burn, the better our forages are in that area,
0: so. And, and Cliff, uh, talking about the frequency of burning and chopping, if you have to get an overall average of the frequency that you do those to a, a specific rangeland site, uh, what do you think will be the frequency?
1: I, we try to burn, you know, a lot of Florida folks burn on a winter burn. We do a lot of spring, summer burns, and we get a lot more woody species knocked back, and we get a lot more forages coming in aggressively because they won't go through a drought. Um, I would think burning is probably the most important, and frequency, as soon as you can get a fire in it, I mean, whether it's 12 months or 18 months, the, the sooner the better. Uh, you know we will rotate a little bit, say if it won't burn in the, in the springtime or early summer, we will burn it late fall, so just to help that process get a little faster, but it it keeps those young grasses, keeps it tender because once it kind of gets a build up after a summer, it gets very tough, and the cattle it's not very desirable
0: so and and um, so it can be as frequent as twelve months. Yes, yes, and yeah. I think
1: it really—the the closer we can get it, if there's enough, it, if we don't overgraze it, the those uh, forges will burn in twelve months. So.
0: And uh, do you have a, a little uh, description of the forges that you are looking for? On, on there's very areas? mostly
1: we have a blue blue, stems. blue stems. Uh, very little wiregrass, grass, but it's mostly blue stems that we're, we're controlling, so. okay. and they get very tough very quick
0: So so and, and Cliff with managing those range lands now talking about the livestock so when and what kind and of cattle are you uh, thinking when you were grazing those sites to taking care of cattle and
1: native woods is very tough I mean when you go from you know the mid 80s to high 80s conception rates in an improved pasture to the native you're going to drop you know 10 percent at least Um, so we try to only put our oldest cattle there they've got to be at least seven years old or older and that we go they stay on the improved side till they reach that age and then as we have to put cattle in the native woods we use those older in cattle um nutrition is always a challenge for them that's there. I mean it and, and breeding season too. I mean, it can't be a ninety-day breeding season and it just doesn't happen. Um and I mean if if with the way moisture and droughts and all that can't come in effect, with a 30, 45 day drought you you lost your breeding season. You know, so we, we breed for about five and a half months. in the the native woods so those always are late calves and uh, but they they normally do very very well so
0: and in that context so they stay in the woods pretty much year long
1: year round they'll have uh, some of the native woods have some grass grassy areas down sloughs and stuff like that and maybe a little grass patches but the majority of their their time is grazing in the native woods and rotating around and from one block mm-hmm. to the other so rotation
0: is a big effect on it too so and do you provide any supplement for those cows when they are in the woods?
1: they're on a, a, a liquid supplement year-round um and actually you know the winter time we get along pretty good with them the summer months is worse for us because of the water situation and so we use supplement year-round because the summer months are harder with water standing water than the mm-hmm. uh, winter
0: times so Yes, and and Cliff, um, what uh, are the the tricky things about managing those woods? Uh, and you mentioned a little bit about the interaction of the golf turtles and and hunting. What are the the tricky parts that you know when you you just learn when you are really managing those lands or putting all together?
1: P- probably one of the trickiest thing is burning, mm-hmm. because not. Only do you have to worry about your neighbors and all that. We got to worry about smoke management and where that smoke's going, where it's falling. And, you know, with cities with Sarasota, Braden, and Northport, everybody, nobody wants the smoke. <laughs> so we have to manage those. Um, I, I think because we're in the timber business too, um, we always got to watch about managing trees. And when you And that kind of correlates with the gopher tortoise because we have to have our basal area no more than a certain amount. So sometimes when you chop, you get an aggressive regrowth of pine. So then you got to put a hot fire in it to knock some of them off to kill them down. And then um, other times, you know, you got to watch that you don't. So you need to kind of change the time you're burning to manage the timber a little bit so you don't get them too hot and killed. So, 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 so there's a give and a take mm-hmm. each year. You know, some years you'll do it one just trying to, as a 1st reseed, like the pines 1st reseed, you get a hot fire and kill some of them off and then you let the rest of them grow, and so you change the timing.
0: Yeah, and the fact that you have uh, also hunting activity in those areas during the hunting season pretty much, so do you, does that change anything on your cattle management or – Uh, Not really hunting.
1: It seems like everything that we do for cattle management and our Gopher tortoise relocation site is beneficial to all of our wildlife. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think that the worst kind of burns that we have to really watch is during nesting season for our quail and turkey. So Mm -hmm. trying to not burn at those times. So,
0: okay. So Cliff, we are uh, going towards the end of our interview here. So before we end here, I would like to ask you three questions for quick answers. Okay. So um, here where we are in Florida, what are your two favorite grass species, forage species? Forage species, well, for cattle, probably
1: a stargrass mm-hmm. and the Gibtuck uh from from Mars what i see mm-hmm.
0: so, yeah. um and i think the hermatria pre- preference come pretty close because uh you also have a lot of lands there, poorly drained right yes you have places here that stay underwater, S- stay first. wet but and and the star grass is the same way mm-hmm. because
1: we get aggressively wet well it still has a higher quality mm-hmm. food value you know nutritional value when it's wet so
0: okay yeah. And if you have to select two cattle breeds that do very well here for you, it can be a combination, it can be a composite, just something that you think works for you here.
1: Brahma, Brahma. <laughs> no, but Brangus, we run pretty well a straight Brangus cow herd, but without the Brahma influence and in keeping those cattle at from three-eighths to half-bloods, we have to have that Brahma influence. In them, so.
0: And do you see just going back to that supposed to be a short answer, but just to going back to the Brangles and the Brahma, do you think that the Brahma also help you with your range land management?
1: Yes, I I think the Brahma influence on in our cattle it helps them browse and graze and they cover areas that a lot of cattle won't cover. Mm-hmm. Um I I think they're better forage, foragers mm-hmm. than a cross or more English cattle. You know, a lot of times and that's the reason we went back to Brahma. More Brahma because the cattle once they left here going in the native woods they didn't stay together but I saw a neighbor that was using half-bloods or you know and the cattle stayed in good condition in the native woods so we went back and tried some and
0: it's working. Okay. So. And Cliff, when you were not working at the ranch what are the things that you like to do as a hobby or if you have time to have a hobby what are the things that you, <laughs> you like to do?
1: Well things I enjoy doing I enjoy gathering cattle and uh, but in my spare time when I don't do that I, I enjoy a quail hunt and I enjoy fishing so
0: I would like to thank you Cliff for participating in the podcast today I am Joe Vendramini
1: Joe what